0: we are continuing in this now what awaiting the promise of the holy spirit thank you josh so much for just leading us and and allowing us to worship alongside of you um tonight we're going to look at and it's going to continue next week and for the next few weeks who is this fire starter you know sunday is pentecost sunday Okay, so we don't take that lightly. If you're Pentecostal, that's not just something you sit down and you go, "Mm mm-hmm, oh, that's nice. No, like you get excited about that. Pentecost Sunday means something valuable. It means, you know, something memorable. And and if you... um, have been baptized in the Holy Spirit in that you speak in tongues and you've had the encounter such as what the disciples had, then uh, Pentecost Sunday represents something to you to as a reminder of that time when you encountered the Holy Spirit in such a way. And so who is this fire starter? And when we started this series a few weeks back, just after the Lord's resurrection, we were... Um, Discussing the, the different personalities that we had met along the way, Peter and, and Thomas and, and the two on the road to Emmaus and, and of course, um, Mary of Magdala and, and their reactions to the Lord's, uh, death. And it was necessary that we visited these individuals, and we visited how they experienced the Lord and how He revealed them, Himself to them, because I believe it's very—it it's, was very necessary for God to make Himself known to them appear to them so that they could then believe in the words that he said to them when they were in the upper room that they could now say you know what he he's not just dead he's not just in the tomb but but those words that he spoke to us are also alive he spoke to us about a comforter coming he spoke to us about another one coming so it was necessary i believe I believe, that Jesus would appear to these different ones so that their faith could be restored. But something transpired. Something transpired. What happened with Peter? Mark 14.31 said, when he was speaking, he responded to the Lord. But he said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And guess what happened? All those that were there, the other disciples that were present, also said, they all said the same. So they all promised that they would not deny Jesus. And yet they did. Yet they were guilty. They they were the disciples that... Um, their very words came to pass. Peter, he was the one who vehemently denied that he knew Jesus three times. He was the one that Jesus had said to him, yet before the cock crows three times, you, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And now Jesus had died and I can't help but wonder, did any of them for a moment recall his words when Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 that if anyone would deny me, that I would deny them. And uh, if whoever denies me before men, I would also deny him before my father in heaven. Could you imagine now Jesus is dead and, and you are Peter and you have publicly denied him three times. Or you are any of the other disciples and you have publicly denied him. Or you have even denied him in your heart or uh, with another alongside of you. If those words of Jesus came back to your mind, how would your heart feel? How would your heart feel? The same as our heart feels when, when we know that we have grieved the Lord. And so it was necessary for Jesus to appear to restore their faith. And so that they would know the grace of God for them. And then so somebody may say, but how do you mean grace? Jesus never spoke of grace. It's right, he never. Jesus never used the word grace in that respect of, of God, the, the grace that God gives us. He never preached grace to the multitudes. In all that he preached, he never preached grace. Yet we preach it. Almost weekly from our pulpits across Christendom, we preach the grace of God. Yet, instead, what did Jesus do? He illustrated grace in, in the stories in which he told, in the parables. For instance, he, he reflected it. So Matthew 13... Verses 44 to 45 says this, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. So the parables that Jesus told um, weren't just just stories about how to live morally. They were stories that were giving us a message, an internal nugget, uh, uh, something for us to to chew on, something for us to just uh, muse on in our mind. So like the stories of the lost coin, when the woman lost her coin, did the coins do anything in that story? Yet she turned her her house upside down looking for these coins. Yet they did not a thing. So what's the moral of that story? The moral of the story was that which meant so much value to her, she pursued it until she had it within her hands. The message is reflecting his grace. What about the, the story of the prodigal? Did he deserve the grace that was given to him? he left he squandered all that his father had given him and yet when he comes home the first thing his father does is get a robe get a ring let's have a party did he deserve the party the first us in our in our humanness as a parent if my son or my daughter were to To upset me, the first thing upon seeing them is I'm going to discipline them with my mouth. And I'm going to let them know. In a matter of fact kind of way, I was not pleased with what they had done. But what did this father do when his son returns? He could tell by the condition of his son that he did not go and live properly. I'm sure he smelt him when he embraced him to know that this son had just come from the pig's pen. And yet even that picture of the pig's pen, even the picture of him um, just working in that pig's pen just is another picture of the demonstration of the world, the mess that he had gotten himself into. Did he deserve it? No, but yet Jesus told that parable for us to understand grace. Grace. But yet, he never preached grace. He just told stories that reflected his grace. The other thing he did was he preached about unconditional forgiveness. That's grace. Unconditional forgiveness. What about um, the lady? That we had talked about her, Mary, and she went and anointed his feet and she cried. She anointed his feet with her tears. And he looks at Simon because the men that were gathered there were, this lady, what is she doing? And they, they were just murmuring about her underneath their breath. And, and Jesus says, Simon, I have something to tell you. And what does he tell Simon? Though you, I've come into your house, you haven't done this. And he reproves him for the custom things that Simon should have done at the entry of Jesus. And then he acknowledges her for what she did. And he says this in Luke 7, 41 and 42. Therefore I tell you, her sins which are many are forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little, loves little and he said to her your sins are forgiven he preached forgiveness unconditional forgiveness that's grace he lived out grace what about the paralytic his friends here jesus is in town it's like us. You have to come to the service. We have this guest speaker and, and, and many people have been coming and many people have been touched of God. This one was healed and that one was that. And we begin to tell the story and we're inviting others to come. Well, these four friends have their friend that is paralyzed and they get there and, and the church is jam packed. They can't fit the paralyzed guy in because there's no room. Well, one of them comes up with a great idea. Let's take the roof off let's get the roof off and lower him in this man needs to see jesus and in the story when jesus sees the man coming down he says to the paralytic man in verse 5 of mark chapter 2 he says son your sins are forgiven with this the man was healed jesus didn't preach grace But he lived grace through telling the stories, through how he he dealt with those that were around him. So the disciples walked and talked with Jesus. This is the Jesus they saw. This is the Jesus they knew. So though he did not preach grace, he lived it out. And so now they're in a place of seeing grace. Their fellow Jesus is gone. He has died. And they know in their hearts how they have betrayed him. Just like you and I know when we have grieved God. Just like you and I know when we haven't been serving him as we ought. Or when we have sinned people around us may not know may never recognize but you and i know in our heart of hearts and so these disciples when they walked and talked with jesus and watched how he operated saw the many miracles that were done by him were now ridden with sadness why because their lord died And their guilt of promising that they would never deny him was sitting there in the forefront of their memory. Haven't you been in that place? I'll worship you, Lord. I'll I'll, I'll pray more often. I'll read my word more often. I'm going to tell others about you. you. We come to church, we get motivated from the word of God. The word of God just nestles within our heart. We leave the service. Wasn't that a great service? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Monday morning comes. And our neighbor's dog wakes us up barking like crazy. And and we lose all of our Christianity before our head got off the pillow. Because that dog just woke us up. We've made empty promises just like Peter. Because Sunday, in our enthusiasm, in our zeal, we promised God everything. But Monday morning came. Monday morning came. Their hearts were longing. They were longing for the forgiveness that Mary received. I believe that Mary was a reminder to them of forgiveness because now they understood that's why she ran to the tomb that's why she had to be the first one there that's why it was so important to her to bring the oils to prepare his body because she knew she knew what forgiveness is like I want to know that forgiveness inside of me and now I get what Mary was feeling now I get why she cried at his feet and I think of Mary's story and I think of a good friend Friend of mine and when he would uh, w- when he would worship the lord and the holy spirit would come upon him some w- when i first met him i did not know his background i did not know his testimony i did not know anything that god had done but when this man would experience the lord in a church service and the lord the holy spirit would move on him i was religious and i thought what is all that like enough with i i don't even, i don't want to demonstrate to you what he would do or or how he would respond with his voice and that but i, I just i just i was challenged by it and then all of a sudden the lord uh you know God had us working together and so I got to learn a little bit of his testimony and in learning a little bit of his testimony then I had gone through a period of my life and I and um, uh, we had we had lost our our second child and so I was in the church worshiping and and praying and and uh, the Lord really moved on me because I was I was in this grievous place and as the Holy Spirit moved on me Well, I didn't realize that the Holy Spirit would just move on me in a sense that I I began to cry out and, and respond to the Lord. And the Lord opened the eyes of my understanding because then I began to understand. My friend's story was this. This was the pain. This was the suffering that he had gone through. These were the sins that he had lived out. And when he responded to the Lord, it was out of that heart. And now I understood his heart of worship and now I understood why he worshiped in such a way so we should never judge how the Lord is moving upon somebody because he may just need to teach you what that move looks like and why it's doing that way as he allows circumstances in your life. And so this, I I think of the disciples and I think of them looking at Mary and her them recalling to their mind her anointing his feet and now their hearts understanding. Now their hearts getting it because what what had mary experienced grace personified when she experienced the forgiveness of the lord she experienced grace personified and so how would these disciples ever be able in the absence of jesus to preach grace if they never experienced grace Furthermore, how could they preach of the Holy Spirit and his power if they never experienced that Holy Spirit power? So they walked in that flesh. They were like you and I. They made mistakes like you and I. They encountered God's forgiveness. They encountered his grace. But hold on to your seats. They were going to encounter this Holy Spirit and this Holy Spirit as we will break him down the next few weeks is what birthed the church who is this Holy Spirit who is this fire starter so we have to have a little bit of understanding bear with me we have some points to consider he's a divine person He's part of the Trinity, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. He's not all by himself over here. He is part of the Trinity. He possesses the Holy Spirit possesses all attributes of personality and deity. How do I mean? He possesses intellect, emotion, will, et- eternality, truthfulness, omnipresence, omniscience, omnipotent. Psalm 139, verse 7 says this: Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I go from your spirit? Why? Because he is everywhere. Or where shall I flee from your presence? You cannot flee the Holy Spirit's presence. Sometimes we, we say to The kids, I say it more, but um, remember wherever you go, the Holy Spirit is there with you, just saying. And then they go out the house. So they don't need me. They don't need me to say anything because I'm confident enough in the work of the Holy Spirit that if they should go someplace that they shouldn't, that the Holy Spirit will either either redirect their vehicle or give them wisdom not to go. Because the Holy Spirit is in eternal presence. He is with them always. And because they are born again, he dwells inside of them. And because they have both experienced his baptism with fire he's not gonna let anything put water on that fire he's going so i just say that just remember the holy spirit is with you second corinthians three seventeen. the lord is spirit and where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom there's freedom so what else about the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is co-equal. He's co-substantial. So what does that mean? He is of the same substance in essence of God the Father. He is of the same substance in essence of Jesus. In the creation of time, they were all there together. So John 14 and 16 Um, verses 16 and 17, Jesus said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. What else does the Holy Spirit do? He directs us to God's divine will concerning our lives. Pray and ask the Lord, what is his will concerning this? What, pray. We, we heard Sunday morning how to know God's will. We heard Sunday morning how to seek that out. Ezekiel 36, 27, and I will put my spirit within you, And cause you to walk in in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. And cause you. We have to remember that. Because sometimes we go to do something, we feel that check within ourselves... We ignore the check and we continue to go to do it and we get that check again. That is the Holy Spirit causing us to pay attention, to stop. He is speaking to us clearly. What you are about to do is not of me. And sometimes in our flesh, we will continue to ignore. And then after pay the consequences, he will cause us to walk in the statues of the Lord. Why? Because the Holy Spirit directs us to God's divine will concerning our lives. The Holy Spirit was also was active and powerful in creation. Creation, uh, Genesis... Yeah, it could be called. Creation chapter 1 verse 2. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 says this. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Who was the spirit of God? The Holy Spirit. So we have Jesus was represented in Genesis. God the Father was represented in Genesis. And so was the Holy Spirit. He was an active power in creation. He was hovering. He was moving. He wasn't just sitting, waiting. Well, I'm not dispatched until Jesus comes. He was active and he was part of it all. He was involved in the incarnation. How did Mary get pregnant? There was the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, spirit she was found to be with a child but not from joseph she was found to be with child from who from the holy spirit matthew 118 read it for yourselves now the birth of jesus christ took place in this way when his mother mary had been betrothed to joseph before they came together she was found to be with a child from the holy spirit he was their incarnation he was there he was involved in the incarnation the holy spirit is also a divine teacher he guided the apostles he guided the prophets as they committed to writing the word of God, who do you think inspired them, right? For Second Peter 1, verses 20 and 21, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of the scriptures comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they carried along by what? The Holy Spirit. See, we have to understand what is the role of the Holy Spirit It's not just we want to experience speaking in tongues. You got to know what power is coming into you. What power source is coming into you. Because he is involved in every detail of your life. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to teach you. Every Christian possesses the indwelling presence of the holy spirit when does that take place it takes place when we are saved romans 8 and 9 says you however are not in the flesh but in the spirit if in fact the spirit of god dwells in you anyone who does not have the spirit of christ does not belong to him It's the spirit that is within you. That spirit came within you when you believed. You already all know this because you're all like, okay, tell me something I didn't know. The Holy Spirit is at work bringing people to salvation, bringing people to salvation. John 3, Jesus answered, truly I say to you. Unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. And so it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. You don't see it but you feel it. You don't see it, but you feel it. It's a responsibility of all those that are born again and filled with and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says this, don't be drunk with wine for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's our responsibility that we walk in that filling. It's our responsibility. You know that it's okay to say to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I need you today to lead me. You know it's okay. Some people think we can only go, dear Jesus, and, and, and follow through with the rest of our prayer. But do you know that it's okay that you can say, Holy Spirit, I am not understanding the place that I'm in right now. Would you give me understanding? That is his role. And so we can call upon the Holy Spirit in for that role. Holy Spirit, I am just feeling weak right now as a Christian. I don't feel that I have, that I possess that testimony. You look at other people's lives and, well, they have this to tell. And I, they have that to tell. And I've grown up in the church and I have no testimony Well, that's hogwash. Holy Spirit, you see their lives and you have used their lives. But Holy Spirit, you have seen my life and I pray that you will use my life. Holy Spirit, would you lead me to people that I could be a witness to? You could pray that. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is there to lead you and to guide you. Where is that coming from? The Holy Spirit administers spiritual gifts to Christians. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us the gifts. Did you know that? romans twelve six to eight having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us th- use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his ex- exhortation, the one who contributes in his generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness, first Corinthians twelve 4 to 11 now there are varieties of gifts but the same spirit and there are a variety of service but the same Lord and there are a variety of activities but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good for to one is given through the spirit the utterance of wisdom and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by the one spirit to are you getting it it's the same spirit who gives you sister the gift to serve who gives you sister the gift to be an exhorter who gives you sister the gift or brother the gift to be generous it's the same spirit verse 10 to the other working of miracles to another prophecy to another the ability to stand to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as what he wills. As he wills. Imagine that the Holy Spirit determines what he will give me. I just need to be the vessel that will receive what he will give me. I don't know where that distraction is coming from. If it was from me, I don't get it. But let's not be distracted. The Holy Spirit is at work in building up Christians in the local church. John chapter fourteen twenty six. What did Jesus say? But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And that's why I believe the disciples had that momentary. If you deny me before men, I will deny you before the Father. And I think that they went to a place, Jesus, forgive me why because the holy spirit will build up the the christian why because the holy spirit will be that helper that jesus has said he will be and will bring to your remembrance all that i was said the all that i've said is not it's me thank you all that i have said is not just The good, but sometimes the correction that Jesus had to give. All that I have said. So, who is this Holy Spirit? He's our comforter, our counselor, our intercessor, our teacher, the one who directs us, the one who makes us holy, and the one who empowers us. So, this promised Holy Spirit, what did he do? He turned these timid men, because there was Peter in the courtyard, and, oh, I know you. No, you don't know me. Yes, I know you. You're the, you were one of them. No, 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 no. He was timid. Why? Perhaps he was timid because... He He's seen how they treated Jesus. Perhaps he was timid because he was worried that the same would come to him. And so, no, 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 no. You don't know me. And how many times we deny him. And there are men and women, martyrs of the faith, that have chosen in the hour of, of just being, um, oh, it, the word slips me, but in the hour of their persecution... They would not deny Christ. They would not deny Christ. They would rather die than to deny Him. And the Holy Spirit turned these timid men into bold soldiers of the gospel. But it didn't just happen because they were wishful thinking. Oh, I wish that I could experience the grace that Mary experienced. Now I understand her love for the Father. No, it wasn't just wishful thinking. Nor was it something that they did. Nor was it their good deeds. Well, I'll go to the tomb and and I'll help her. I'll help her anoint that body. No, it wasn't any good deeds. I'll go to the tomb and I'll stand watch. No, it wasn't their deeds. It wasn't their, their wishful thoughts. It could only be empowered. This empowerment could only come from the birthing room. What was that birthing room? The birthing room was a place of faith and hope faith just like he said he would come now we've experienced we've seen him he's appeared to us remember he said to mary now go and tell the disciples and peter because jesus knew what peter had done and go tell them and peter and so now their their faith and their hope is has been built up because why they have seen the lord come i have seen the lord they have seen the lord their faith is renewed their their hope is renewed and something else their expectation expectation could only take place and could only come to fulfillment in a birthing room and there they went into the birthing room what happened in acts one and jesus said that they had to wait till the promise wait for the promise of the father so through this promise of the holy spirit through this holy spirit the church was born in the fire of god they didn't they <laughs> I, I, I just don't think we get it see we're all sitting here tonight but could you imagine if the fire of god fell upon you tonight as it did that night could you imagine if if the holy spirit showed up as he did that night where each of us felt this turbulence of a wind flowing through the room and 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 the fire of god resting on each of us as cloven tongues that is like a split tongue and and we see it on each other and then we become filled this is how the holy spirit came. They were born into fire as a baby comes through she or or he is born into life the doctor receives her and there as as the child takes their first breath they receive that pneuma of God as the disciples were there waiting upon this promise they had no idea we've said it over the past weeks they did not know what this Holy Spirit would look like perhaps he would look like Jesus Perhaps he would come in bodily form just as Jesus did. They had no idea, but they were there waiting because God instructed them, because they were instructed through Jesus. Go and wait until the promise of the Father has come. The conversation, no doubt, was do you think he will come through the door? At what time do you think he will appear? We've been waiting for this long. Do you think he's almost here? The conversation, how have you been when you are waiting for guests to come to your house? And they said, we will come, we'll be there anytime today, depending on the traffic. They're coming in from out of town. And so you're waiting and you're waiting and you're looking at your clock and you're waiting and, and you've got everything prepared and you're talking to your family. I can't wait when they come, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And, and, and you're talking in amongst yourself in the home and you're waiting for them to arrive, but you have no idea when they're going to come. Because you don't know that traffic may have stopped them. You don't know that they've stopped to have something. And so you're waiting and you're looking. And is that not perhaps how the disciples were? They were waiting in that birthing room. Their faith was building up. Their hope was building up. Why? Because birthed within them through seeing the living Christ was an expectation. What he said is true and it's going to happen and 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 we know we can count on it because he's alive so through this promised through this holy spirit they were born into the fire of god and now those miracles that they witnessed jesus do now those things that they saw the christ it would follow them the miracles that they saw jesus do in raising the dead The miracles that they saw Jesus do in healing the sick would follow them. Why? Because of the birthing work of the Holy Spirit operating in them. How do I know this? Because Mark 16 and 20 says this. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. But if you go back just a few verses up, let me turn to it, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Um, It says this, and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. Verse 17. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. The Holy Spirit would now demonstrate through their lives what they had witnessed Happening in the life of Christ, and you know what challenges me about this? Here, Peter, this once timid guy in the square, this once guy, this one guy who said, "Oh Lord, no, 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 I will never, I'll, no, I'll never de- deny you." He becomes this giant preacher, and he's able to to speak to many people. And how many came into the kingdom that day? Three thousand. 3000 that that's that's like uh, that's that's mind-blowing why because 3000 people were were there challenged by what he had said what was it it was the holy spirit working within him paul what was he he was once a persecutor of the church his name was saul and he was out to kill the christians but he encountered the christ he encountered the christ on the road and what happened He then became the greatest spokesman for the gospel of grace. And the world was turned upside down as a result of of Paul's testimony. As a result of the working of the Holy Spirit, prayer warriors were birthed into the church. How do we know that? Well, Peter was thrown into jail. And as soon as he was thrown into jail, what did they start doing? Start at Acts chapter 12. I, I think it's verse five. They started praying, and they didn't stop praying. And Peter's he he get the, the the angel of the Lord appears to him. Come on, Peter, let's go. And they get out, and the chains fall off, and now he's in the city, and the angel disappears, and Peter goes right to the house, and he's knocking at the door, and Rhoda comes to the door. She doesn't even open the door, and Peter's like Rhoda, like could you open up? And she's like, Oh my gosh, it's Peter, and she goes back and tells the other, and he's there. Hello, open the door. And meanwhile, they were praying, and they're not you believing that he's at the door but they're praying that God would set him free. The Holy Spirit empowered them to be lingering prayer warriors. It's not just something we pray Sunday morning corporately as a congregation but we go home Monday and we carry that burden of our sister and of our brother in the church that has been shared with us. They're, they're battling this sickness. They're battling, battling this crisis in their life and it rises up within us while we're going to about our day oh lord would you touch brother so-and-so would you be with sister so-and-so would you work out this crisis that was the birthing warriors that took place why because they encountered the holy spirit oh that we would be such bold warriors like we would see something different sunday morning Alma. And her husband, Lee, came up with their living miracle. Wasn't that a a sight to behold for us? Because how many of us in the church have prayed for that baby? Who have prayed that that the baby would be born in health? How many have prayed that, that she would conceive what? The Lord, we saw the living miracle standing before us. But guess what? We have a responsibility because we witnessed that dedication. That baby should be in our minds. We should be praying that the Lord would use him because we witnessed that dedication. When you witness a miracle, you become a part of that miracle. It becomes part of your story that now you're out and about in the store and you meet up with a woman and she's in the in the aisle and she seems distraught and somehow you happen to notice her crying. Is everything okay? And she comes to tell you her story. Well, you just left church and you just saw a miracle working power of the Lord and now you can say, well, let me tell you about the God that I know who does miracles. This lady in our church could not conceive for 15 years. Her and her husbands believed and they believed God and they kept believing God despite the naysayers in their life. And let me tell you that today she told us of how God allowed her to conceive. And not only that, we got to see the living baby for ourselves. You see, the miracle has now become part of your story. And why? Because there is a Holy Spirit that gave that empowerment you see we just talk about it as an altar experience come receive the holy spirit come be filled come be baptized in the holy spirit but it's not for you to just experience at the altar it's for you to be empowered to go and tell to go and tell because the the, it, it The going and telling is not just for the sake of the pastor from the pulpit, but it's for you in the pew, whether you're in the store, whether you're in the workplace, God will set up platforms for you to go and tell. Why? Because you received that free gift that was given to you. And that empowerment, that gift comes with a power. You know, my car came with a power. When you go to purchase a vehicle, you either get a four-cylinder, a six-cylinder, or an eight-cylinder. The bigger the cylinder, the bigger the power. The more you could do with it. And so here is the Holy Spirit, and he is working in power. But you know what? Some people have come to the conclusion, no, those miracles were for that time. Because we're not seeing it in the church. Some people are of the conclusion that, well, you know, not everybody will. Like, not this. Well, that happened then. But if we're not, we, you know. And, and we make up answers on behalf of God and on behalf of the Holy Spirit. But you know what the word of God says? We have to remember this. Mark 16. And we just read it. Go into all the world. Verse 15 And proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. Let me ask you something. Has all of creation heard the message of Christ yet? then guess what these signs will follow it doesn't say only when my disciples encountered me in the upper room would these signs follow so that you could feel confirmed to believe that they are my disciples it says that the god it, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. And whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. What will these signs be? They will cast out demons. Guess what? You will pray for people and they will be set free. It wasn't only for the demoniac. The the man in the tombs. It's for today that people can be set free. What else? They will speak in new tongues. Tongues wasn't only for that upper room experience. Tongues is for today as much as it was then. They will pick up serpents in their hands. And if they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. And they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover it wasn't just for them until all of creation has heard the word of god the miracle working power of the holy spirit the miracle working power that we saw active in the life of christ is active in us until the time that he should come and don't let anybody make you to believe that it was just for a time it was just for that season All the world has not been reached. And so these signs will continue to follow. Jesus tells the church, stay put. Don't do anything until the promise of the Father is given to you. What was that promise? Behold, I'm sending the promise. Jesus made it clear that even though he was being called back to heaven, even though he was going to go to that place of intercession with his father, he was going to sit down at the right hand of the father. And he was going to ever intercede for us. There was one promise that he was going to leave here for us. If you love me, First uh, uh, John 14, verses 15 to 18 if you love me you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever Jesus is at the right hand of the father he is interceding on your behalf but he has left you with that powerful Holy Spirit that fire starter that wherever you go you may demonstrate the active living God that dwells within you You could just activate your faith by believing that God can use you. That God, that the Holy Spirit that is within you can demonstrate himself through your life it 's not just for the pastor to lay hands and and for that person to recover, but you could lay hand in, in on a sister or a brother in the parking lot as they come to tell you their story, and you come to pray for them, and they can experience God, they could experience his healing working power, they could experience his deliverance, they could experience his provision. Why because the Holy Spirit active and alive within you becomes a power surge there is a power exchange from your life into their life by what the active holy spirit jesus tells us that those who receive the holy spirit will continue to see him despite the fact that he is in heaven we will continue to see him just as the disciples saw him when they traveled with him, when they were with him. So Acts 2, 1 to 4, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance when the holy spirit shows up nothing will be the same again when the holy spirit shows up in our sunday morning service in our wednesday night bible study in our friday night prayer cells in our tuesday morning prayer cells in our saturday morning men's prayer cells when the holy spirit shows up nothing is nothing nothing is the same all of a sudden, your prayers change. All of a sudden, your faith level rises. All of a sudden you are, you, all of a sudden you are saying words that you didn't even, did even premeditate. You're just reaching out in faith and you're praying into a situation that has been brought to the service, and the Holy Spirit prays through you. Why? Because that's what he does when he empowers his church. And that's what he did when he showed up. The disciples. All of a sudden, were mocked. Some of them were bewildered. What? What is this? What is going on? They were there for the feast of Pentecost, and they and they were bringing their offerings to the Lord. And all of a sudden, all of them that had gathered there from different parts were hearing things in their own language, hearing it spoken. Brother, what? What's the birth language that you have? It's called tree. There. Imagine if i began to all of us all of a sudden speak in tree 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 if i began to all of a sudden speak in that to all of you it would, what's happening to Pastor Melody? she, is she, she's, she's okay? Is she having a stroke? Or but this brother, the spirit of God would begin to quicken and awaken something within him. Why? Because he would understand the language that I was speaking. And now these brothers and sisters there in Jerusalem that had gathered for this feast of Pentecost, they're hearing this going on in their own language. My father was once at a prayer meeting and I, and I've shared this story already but it bears mark now my father was once uh, the, he and my mother after bible college had gone to visit a friend from bible college they get together they're all talking and oh it ends in a prayer meeting okay so there they are in the living room praying away and my father's friend began to pray in the spirit he began to pray in the tongues that the lord had given him and as he's praying in tongues this man is speaking perfect italian perfect italian and so there my dad is listening to him say glory to your holy name i adore you i worship you and 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 as my dad's listening like this the man's tongue changed and my dad asked the lord why did you change the tongue and his answer was because his praises were for me He was singing it to me, not for you to listen in. You see, sometimes the Holy Spirit comes with a message. But sometimes the Holy Spirit, uh, excuse me, not sometimes. The Holy Spirit always operates to bring glory to the Father. And so we can't always be listening in. And so this is what happened. But the validation of the very fact that tongues is for real was also what my dad was validated in because he heard the men and after they were done praying and after they had spent several i don't know if it was hours or minutes or whatever but they had spent a considerable amount of time praying he then went to the men and he says say this and the man couldn't say it do you and he said do you know that while we were praying and while we were worshiping you spoke perfect italian and the man was just awestruck why? because the Holy Spirit is real Peter our friend who betrayed Christ now stands and he delivers a powerhouse of a message and what happened many came in and and it says in Acts chapter 2 verses 36 and 39 it says let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ this Jesus whom you crucified and when they heard this they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles brothers what shall we do and Peter said to them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive what the gift of the Holy Spirit so it wasn't just that oh well if you want to get it you will receive it you will receive it. It is a gift for you. It is a free gift for all who are far off. Why? Because it says, verse 39 For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are afar off. It was not just for then, it is for now. The Holy Spirit is for now. He desires to be active and alive in our services now because we are the everyone who is afar off. That's us. For everyone who is afar off is us. That's you and me. The Holy Spirit is for us. That's the church today. We need that wind to blow. We need that wind to blow in our church. We need that fire to come upon us. We've been given a task that's beyond us to turn our world upside down for Jesus. The only way we could turn our world upside down to Jesus, to be used of Jesus, to be able to go and tell is to receive that spirit baptism, to receive that empowerment, that fire consider the rhinoceros i'm closing with this story because it's 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 something that we could apply you know the rhinoceros is a big animal like he's a big animal but do you know that that rhinoceros as big as he is when he runs he runs at 30 miles an hour now you know the squirrel on your um fence they run fast don't they Do you know that they run 25 miles an hour at their fastest? Even when my dogs are chasing them. That's 25 miles an hour. A chubby, fat rhinoceros runs 30 miles an hour. But they can only see 30 feet in front of them. That's it. Just 30 feet in front of them. So when there is something that causes the rhinoceros to charge to run, they are seeing only what is 30 feet in front of them. And so all of a sudden, if there's a bunch of rhinos in, in a place gathered together, maybe they're bathing in the water, who knows what, cooling off, and all of a sudden, one of them spots something, and he begins to run. And all the rhinos run run with, they can only see 30 miles in front of them. Now let me tell you, if you saw a herd of rhinos rhinos at the size of what they are coming with their big horn charging at you 30 miles an hour you're gonna hightail it because that that actual stream of these rhinos coming at you is called the charge funny as it is i'm saying charging after you but that's what it's called it's called the charge and each time they run they don't know what's at Mile or what's in front of them at 31 feet. They only know what's in front of them at 30 feet, but they keep charging. And as they keep charging, they keep uh, maintaining momentum and keep coming. And now they're at 31 feet. And guess what? Now they see 30 more feet in front of them and they keep charging and they keep charging until what is in front of them is dissipated or they have overcome it. And that is what we need to do. We can't, we can't always be expecting God to lay the whole picture out in front of us. This is how much he's allowed you to see. This is how much you have to overtake this is how much you have to embark on this is a task that he has set before you now so charge so run with all the power that he has deposited within you all the power that the holy spirit has dropped within you charge because when you get to mile marker 31 he's going to give you another 30 feet to see and he's going to give you more power to charge and you'll run 30 more feet and when you get to mile marker 31 again he's going to give you another vision to go before and you you know what the only thing that's going to give you the fortitude to keep going is the power that's been deposited within you and the, the power that's been de- deposited within you is the ability to run 30 miles an hour because that's the ability he gave those rhinos was to run 30 miles an hour the, the squirrel can only run 25 miles an hour and so that's what's been deposited within him but the rhino will keep going And that's what we need to do. We need to keep going. Do we need to be revived? Then we need a fresh encounter of the Holy Spirit in our church. Do we need to receive that Holy Spirit? Who needs to receive that Holy Spirit? All of us. Who needs to be filled with the promise of the Father? All of us. Who needs fresh wind and fire? Me. I'll admit it every day. Every day I say, Lord, give me fresh wind. Lord, give me fresh fire. Anytime I I have to share something, God, give me fresh fire. We all need it. Who needs to speak in new tongues? I'll take any new tongue you want to give me, Lord. Just give me whatever you need to give me to do whatever I need to do that you've called me to do. That's what we have to do, brothers and sisters. The gift of God is for all who will receive. It is a gift. And it wasn't just for yesterday. And I'm sorry if anybody made you believe that lie. It's only if if. If anybody was capable of making you believe that lie, then it tells me how much God is deposited within you because the enemy felt so threatened by what he deposited within you that he caused you to believe a lie that God could not use you, but he could use you every day, every how, in every way, not in your power, But at the 31 mile mark, when you need that little bit to keep going, to keep charging. And it's through the power and unction of the Holy Spirit. If we would each tap into the truth of that, how on fire would the church be today? How would our prayers change? We would not be praying to hear ourselves. We would be praying to be heard by God father god i thank you for tonight i thank you for the truth of your holy spirit and and as we over the next few weeks break apart everything that we can about your holy spirit and yet there'll still be more to learn would you just give us the power the fresh fire holy spirit we're asking for a move of you like never before God you said you are going to do a new thing and we're believing for that new thing and so God if it must be start with me start the fire in me God if it must be Lord start with my brothers and sisters that are here tonight Lord if we are the only ones that could tap into it then Lord let it be so That our church would never be the same again. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. And so for those that have joined us online, we thank you for joining us. God bless you and God be with you. Join us tomorrow morning as Pastor Dino continues our, our morning devotion, devotions at 8 a.m. on YouTube, on Facebook, and Instagram. And we'll be here Sunday morning. Don't miss Sunday morning. Uh, God bless you and God be with you. Bye for now.